where to begin? Ah, yes. Concerning Dungeons and Dragons game. Hey there! Welcome to Dan Beats Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Leinhart. And for the second episode, I have my good friend, Ben Northgraves, a lo-fi producer, composer, all-around great guy, coming in to talk about music, art, and Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, housekeeping off the top, too. Uh, if you want to help support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash Jake Leinhart. And at the $5 tier, you can get early access to episodes and, and help support the show. Um, so that's patreon.com forward slash Jake Leinhart. Uh, you can also, if you want to just give any kind of donation, that'll just help me pay booth rent so I can stay on the internet. You can head over to ko-fi.com forward slash Jake Leinhart. And anything helps. So that's ko-fi.com forward slash Jake Leinhart. And if you're interested in just being on the show, uh, email me and we'll talk about when we can schedule you to come on and talk about whatever art it is you do and Dungeons and Dragons, of course. So that sounds like something you would like to do. Um, head over to, uh, or send an email over, I should say, to dnbeatspodcasts at gmail. That's the letter D, the letter N, beatspodcasts at gmail. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Hmm. Well, okay. Well, this is this is the podcast. We've we've already begun. We started. We've already begun. We've already oh begun. Um, so, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is my good friend and a druid. <laughs> Can I say that? Are you a druid all I the guess time? So. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ben North Northgraves. Everybody, round of applause. You hypothetical listeners who are listening to us right now. Just and, me. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I had that with when I was talking to Chase. I was just like, it's so weird. Did he weird. clap for himself? No, he didn't clap for himself. But at uh, the end, I was just like, it's just so weird that like I'm having a conversation with a real person, but we're having a conversation for hypothetical people. And it's just yeah, <laughs> so weird to keep that in mind new. sometimes. But thank you for being on the podcast. And, thank you for uh, having me. Being my second I'm victim. super excited. Thanks, thanks. Thanks. I'm glad you're excited. So I'm thinking this podcast is probably going to evolve as it goes along. But as of right now, my, my heart and desire is to pick people's brains about their love of music and their love of Dungeons and Dragons and to see where there's crossover um, on either side, whether the D&D is influencing the music or the music is influencing the D&D. So the first question is going to be, oh, cool. did one come before the other? Was music the first thing that you were passionate about? Or was D&D the first thing you're passionate about? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's, it's interesting question. Because I was into music before I got into D&D. Mm -hmm. Just because uh, my, my family was quite musical. Um, however, I felt that when I started watching Critical Role, I think in 2016, I think. Um, that's when I started really getting like into the musical, like loving music more, I mm -hmm. think. Because that's when I started thinking, like, okay, these these critical role people, they're explaining all these things with just words, and it started making me think. Uh, when I had these huge commutes to school, and I'd be thinking, like, okay, well, what does this thing that he's explaining sound like as music, right? And so that started sparking my like creativity in the music world from taking kind of uh, games or or 
D&D stuff and saying, okay, how can I expand this? And I didn't really do with it too much because I was still learning music at the time and I was just focusing on school. But I just had this um, this kind of growth of what can music be and how can I take something from my imagination and bring it to life. I think that's that's where it started for me. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so then I guess in now de- delving into each one, um, what was it that first got you into music? I mean, you said you have a musical family, but right. at the same time, what was it? I feel like sometimes with you being in a musical family, it'll be like, <laughs> it's just a thing that's in in our family. We just yeah. do this. But when was it that it actually like sparked for you that you're like, okay, this isn't just family. This is mine now. Right. So my mom, uh, Grew up on the east coast of Canada. Over there, they so my grandparents were from there, more or less. Mm-hmm. And then my grandfather came to where I am now. Pretty much, um, so she would play music to me every night. Um, she'd have like one of those nursery rhyme books, and you could choose. Oh. I chose the same song every single night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And then my, I, so I have three other siblings who are all musical as well. I'm the youngest of them. They all went through our band program. My eldest sister is still doing music. She plays jazz in Vancouver, which isn't too far from me. Um, And so she's a professional player that way. So I grew up listening to my siblings performing in music a ton. Um, And so for that instance, it was just like being ingrained in the community around music. And then when I was in high school, I was in uh, six, seven bands. I think Six just never offered at the school. Oh, <laughs> You're like yeah. taking all of the um, bands. <laughs> yeah, so there was a jazz band, concert band, uh, jazz choir, handbells, rhythm and blues, Dixieland jazz, and I kind of say sometimes I was in the Pandora steel drums that was also offered, but I really only joined them for like a little bit so I could go to Science World one time. <laughs> but don't tell anyone. <laughs> Like, I knew he wasn't committed (laughs) for science world. (laughs) It's just some random kid trying to figure out how the bass drum, steel drums work. And you're just like, yeah, I'm here. (laughs) I'm committed, coach. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's where it grew. And so I was in high school and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Because that's a question you have to ask yourself. Um, And I was deciding between three things at the time. It was music because it was something I was decent at just because I've been doing it and ingrained with it long enough. It was that photography, which I've always loved. Mm. Um, I still do that, but I decided that's something I want to keep as a hobby. And the third one was computer sciences. Mm. So, because, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I decided to go into music just because I felt I was decent enough at it. Give it a try and see where it goes. And I had no idea. I figured I'd be teaching like uh, high school or middle school band doing something like that. Um, yeah. And so I went to school and in my second or third year, I started watching critical role and being like, wow, wow, this is really cool. Cool show. And that's when I was introduced. Uh, some friend wanted to play a one shot, I think, or no, a campaign that just fizzled out and died. But he's like, yeah, you should make characters in this critical role. He showed us the intro. And back then they had these little introductions for the character. And he's like, yeah, you should, uh, you know, you can do something like oh, this. Oh, this is like campaign one. Yeah, this is okay, campaign one. Okay, like the, the old school, I, like, geek and sundry. Old school. Them dressed up, yeah. right? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, when I first started, I it's think not even old. I'm I sorry, probably but... started watching when they were still in Briarwood. 
um, which is a long time ago. Yeah. But I didn't catch up until maybe Chroma Conclave, maybe, or maybe before that. I can't remember. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so after that, I just kind of, like, did music stuff. And then fourth year, I started doing, like, getting more interested in, like, music tech, recording, producing, uh, composing more. And that's when I really fell in love with what can I do with music in my brain and just, you know, <laughs> trying to do stuff differently. Because I, I, as someone who grew up in a musical family, I felt like, okay, the music uh, performing aspect, yeah. I feel like my sister already has a hold on that. I have to do something different. Mm. That's just something that I've always kind of felt. And that's why I was drawn to the more composition and production stuff, ah. which is why I do that now. Yep. And then... A good guy, Autumn Orange, maybe you've heard of him. Yeah, if you haven't, go check him out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did his lo-fi stuff, and I found that. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing production. I just want to try this. And I started doing it, so he was an inspiration for me just to try something tabletop-related. Ah, very awesome, very awesome. So, <laughs> since you brought it up, which is a good way to segue into making it seem like I already had this question prepared when I didn't... Um, definitely did. <laughs> totally. It's on my notes here. Yeah. Um, so your first campaign, I guess, or game setting was a friend that introduced you to, to hey, check out Critical Role so that way we can do what they're that doing. That I count. <laughs> that you count. So it brings me to a question that I want to ask is, do you still remember your first D&D character and who were they? Uh, I do. I can tell you all about them. Tell I me. I still have... Okay, I so to know. theoretically, the first D and D game I played was this weird game where you walk in and you have no idea what's happening and you have no idea what you can do, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Yeah, we're gonna play some D and D. You can join us, I guess." And here's a character I have no idea who that character was or what I was supposed to do. I think I remember someone cast like an illusion so the enemy couldn't see us, and then I broke it because I had no idea what I was doing, so I just charged <laughs> at them. <laughs> Um, so I don't count that game because I have no idea like what I was doing. I barely remember any of it. Yeah. But the other game, like after I was kind of introduced that way, uh, one of my friends wanted to try and see how our group of friends at that time would deal with it. And so I played a tiefling bard like everyone else um, nice. <laughs> named Rezo. He was I. Yeah, that's I think I wrote like a three-page backstory at the time he was the many named bard was my thing so ah. he had like three names but he was rezo was it for resolve because tiefling gets their fancy names right yeah yeah and the the fun thing about him was going to be he had a loot that also worked as a crossbow um That's <laughs> so it would cool. have little yeah right you'd have little things at the bottom of the loot <laughs> that would pop out for like yeah there's a whole idea love it um but my friend who was running it had no, he wasn't very like super musical. Yeah. So he thought I meant like a flute and he was very confused a how a flute, flute could be a crossbow. A lute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was my first character. Uh, I think I played him once. Um, yeah. But he was a red tiefling who, yeah, was a lore bard, I think. Mm. And I think he only was like level three. So yeah. Very cool. Uh, loot, that loot crossbow. Is the coolest idea. You <laughs> might need to bring Rezo back and put him in a real game because that sounds awesome. I wish, or at least yes, the, I will do it. At least the 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 loop crossbow. I lo- I love that idea. And a flute crossbow. He's like, I can give you a blowpipe instead. It's like, blow- that does one You're damage. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. He thought loot and flute, and you're like, well, no. Okay. That's, <laughs> I love that idea, though. Um, so now you've got this aspect of, like, playing Dungeons & Dragons, and then you said, like, you know, now you're listening to um, Autumn Orange and what they're up to. Um, wh- uh, how do I want to put this? Like, what was it that made the, like that spark of, like, okay, I like what I'm doing making Critical Role music or just music based on D&D stuff. Like, what mm-hmm. is it about Critical Role or Dungeons & Dragons that, like, influences your music? That, like, that spark of, is it, like, the storytelling of it? Is it the the possibilities? Mm-hmm. The, the idea of it's think- rolling the dice, you know? <laughs> I do have some music dice. I don't recall if I showed you these. Yes, you did, and thing. I love them. Yeah. Um tell you what chords to play um what did i fall in love with i think i fell in love i think it was like what you're saying the storytelling was definitely a part of it Mm -hmm. um it was something i was passionate about and i think that's what helped me stay with the lo-fi um and i love the possibility of being able to take something that i like feel in my soul of creativity and like just pure creation and bringing that to life. And I think with the D and D aspect, it's almost like a second layer on top of the cake that brings it all together and just kind of gives it warmth and like meaning, if that makes sense. No. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, 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 I feel untethered by having to think of like, okay, what are these going to be like? I have to think of, lyrics or whatever and like the meaning behind them as a person it helps me detach from it i can just be like okay cool i want to make this theme for this character and bring out this emotion and and just experience what this feels like right now Mm -hmm. right yeah and i think i think that's what the big takeaway was it just playing around with this sort of stuff for me at least that's very awesome i was gonna say (laughs) um do you feel there's been a difference from when you maybe first started, like you were in those 17 different bands playing different genres of style to yeah. now you're, you've, you've kind of found the style you like. Freeing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Can you expand freeing. on that more? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> with like all the other styles, it's like stuff that's come before uh, that I was playing at least. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was, like I was saying before, just performance based. And I tend to find for myself. When I'm composing something or producing something, putting something together, I can just kind of take an idea out of my head and throw it down and just build on that. Mm. And for me, that's always sort of been why music has called to me. I feel like since I was in middle school, I'd have a song in my head running in circles. But just learning how to take that out and put it down on something Uh, has always been, I think, a goal of mine. And that doesn't always mean for me, like picking up a guitar or something and just playing it out, but to fully develop it and learn all of its little secret bits. Dude, that's awesome. That That's very <laughs> awesome. Um, my next question for you is now that like, okay, you, you know, now you're, you're freed, you're doing, you're making the music that you want to do. You're creating this stuff, composing this stuff, which you're composing. Also, we probably should like, just talk a little bit because the lo-fi is awesome. But then Dude, you're you're composing like that the the one that you did over Chase and Lilies. It's like you you added oh yes, this, Lily Perfaro's. Like, yes, yeah. 
If we can just talk about that real quick, because... That was yeah, spontaneous, to... too. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh, I can't remember when Lily posted it, but I think she posted it, and then Chase did piano vocal over top of her original, mm-hmm. and then I took that and put more orchestral stuff over that. Yeah. I think it happened within, like, 28 or 48 hours. Yeah, you, it was, like, one post, was, next tweet, next tweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was super fun, because it's, like... Okay, I can just, you know, add to this. I don't have to worry about, like, making original content. I can just build up these fun instrument stuff. Um, yeah, Lily's stuff is great by itself. So it's like a foundation already that is just like pure magic. And you just get to, like, add sparkles on top of it, right? It's. It, I felt like I was putting sprinkles on top of a perfect cake, to, cake already. Oh, right? I got you. Yeah. But it's, it's so much fun doing that sort of stuff because... Just seeing people's reactions too of it, and it's like, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, no, because that's what it was. It's like, like, just the um, because I the 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 word subtle comes to mind, even though it's not subtle, but it mm-hmm. like it blends in so well. You're kind of like, I didn't realize this wasn't in the song already, which I think right. is the cool thing about listening to the stuff that you added to it. Because yeah, it's like you said, like it's it's the flourish, it's the sprinkles, it's the happy birthday. That on this yeah. cake that's already there, and you realize like, oh, it adds so much text, like texture. I guess is the right word, yeah. And yeah. so, like, I just, I have to say that like, lo-fi stuff is dope, but also like, <laughs> let's talk about some of this orchestral stuff that you do because it's very awesome as well. <laughs> but um, going on off of that because that was just a little like side tangent that I just had mm-hmm. to like make sure people are listening to the the cool orchestral stuff you're doing too. Um, my next question is kind of like. What inspired um, either side of, of, of D&D and music? Like, is there a specific thing that inspires, or a person or storyteller, um, that inspires maybe the way you create a story? Or I know you've, you've planned some one-shots, so maybe something that might inspire, like, the um, world-building. And then, I guess we'll start there, and then we'll jump onto the music side of that. Right. But, yeah. Okay. So definitely Critical Role. Um, there's been a love in my heart for that cast just because how I see them is like it's a master class of how to be a great person, mm. in my opinion. Right? Just watching them play. They're terrific people. And I think some of that transferred over from just the role play in general and seeing them all fully commit to... Uh, critical role and Matt's world and their creations of their create, uh, but creations of their character mm-hmm. that all inspired me. It's like, okay, wow, and nothing is like a limit. You can do whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. And right, that storytelling has always drawn me in just because of how well they do it there. Um, yeah, and I mean, how that transfers to D and D is like. I just want to get into that more. I think everyone who's played D&D is like, okay, let's just play for, you know, eight more hours and maybe I'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we can like, stay up until like three in the morning. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll just stay here. You know, I don't, I don't have to work in two hours. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, I think watching just this possibility of making your own thing that you can share with other people that has such a interconnecting bond it's just huge and i love that about D D. and i think being able to step into that musically even a little bit is such a great thing to do 
Mm. Very cool. And then, so I guess I don't on know the if that answers your question, but no, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're they're one of the things that influence you as far as like doing D and D and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like the opposite side of that is, uh, or opposite of the same coin, being music. So, what are the like different musicians or um, art or books that might have influenced maybe your music? Yeah. Okay. So, grew up as the youngest. Uh, sister was super into music. Brother was super into sports. Other sister did other stuff. Uh, I was the kid who sat at home and played video games. <laughs> um, so a lot of my inspiration comes from you know growing up with games in general. So you know Zelda, you got uh, stuff like Halo. I remember Marty O'Donnell was huge. I remember he, always thinking like, wow, his music so much. Mm. Uh, Jasper Kid, he did Assassin's Creed Two. I remember that soundtrack sticks in my head. All the Dorian stuff, Dorian mode uh, music stuff, always got stuck in my head. That is probably my biggest inspiration. It's just by not by choice too. It just it's all stuck in there because I grew up with it. Nice. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest one. Um, because I'm a nerd, the other thing is probably like anime or something like that. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what anime though? In high school. What anime? Yeah, like what anime would you say maybe? influence music or at least creativity that would be like hmm if any yeah um i'm trying to pick out a good thing to represent the music i make uh (laughs) which i guess recently would be something like samurai shampoo um or Mm -hmm. like cowboy bebop because i actually did a cowboy bebop lo-fi on my channel once yes Um, and it was amazing yeah that was my jam so i guess stuff like that but uh, growing up, it would have been, you know, like the standard Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, <laughs> <laughs> boring stuff. Yeah. Uh, Death Note. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I got distracted and I was like, I'm going to have this cool question follow up. And I just lost it because we were talking about anime. <laughs> it, it happens. Yeah. It happens. I'm sorry. I'm going to edit this out. It takes it's over. It's all good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to be said, if you ever need to distract Jake, just, you know, bring up One Piece, you're good. Yeah. Just bring One Piece and I'm like totally distracted well anyways maybe it'll come back to me as we're talking some more but um so now we have your influences and stuff like that um i guess my my next question will kind of be like um is there kind of like a so i'm trying to like find a way that i can like blend the music and bring the music out of um role playing and and D. but um, you know I, i i can tell you this like okay I I told you like my first character was a bard, mm-hmm. right? I played, and I've thought about playing a bard like in the future too, and this kind of comes to it as well. It's like, okay, bards in D and D they inspire people through their music or, or like poetry or a different sort of art or something, right? Mm-hmm. And something I was thinking about is like, oh, it'd be really cool. You can hook up a MIDI controller and have that cycle through your computer so you can actually play it into like a discord chat or something right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that would be a way you could actually implement inspiration it's just playing like a midi controller or various instruments into a game yeah right so that that could be an element i suppose that would be very cool yeah I, mm-hmm. I i had actually thought about doing that too where it'd be like yeah plug in a midi controller and see what you can do or just playing guitar over your hope mic. it doesn't annoy people <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well yeah. um okay so my next my next question would be um, do you have a creative process as far as, um, <laughs> like, is is there, like, a whole thing you go through when you're making music, like, where you start at? Um, 
emotionally, different stuff like that. Yes. It always starts as, oh, this would be really cool. And three hours later, they're like, oh, no, it sucks. But it's actually not that bad. Um, uh, it depends what I'm doing. Uh-huh. If I'm doing the lo-fi stuff, I usually scout out what scene I'd want to do. Uh, generally, that's how I do it about now. Um, so I guess this is... Uh, it'll probably be out, so I guess I can say this. I'm working on a EXU... Uh, lo-fi piece right now and i knew i wanted to do something with the whole nancy thing that yes uh, they did yes so i think i showed you that a little yeah, bit yeah, already. yeah it's really good yeah and i have a little bit on twitter but something like that i'm like okay i have this uh original concept and now i have to bring music into it over top mm-hmm. so i originally sent you one piece uh not the anime uh, yeah one i'm piece like wait music. i got the one piece um <laughs> <laughs> and it had bells maybe over it and it just didn't fit so i redid everything and then had an e-piano which was much more warm and groovy right mm-hmm. so i usually try to like figure out what feels right for the context of the dialogue in the lo-fi stuff and then i'll add in drums and then usually i'll get chord progression maybe some uh melody stuff and then Throwing all the sparkles on top, like, you know, warping and um, reversing and slowing down, EQing, all the weird music stuff just to make it have a little more interest. Um. That's generally my process. And then all, like, the mixing, mastering stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that's generally what I do. Orchestra, orchestral stuff usually starts with a theme. And then writing out that theme, building on the theme making sure you have transitions so it isn't just one thing over and over again. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least that's how I've been going at it. Everything sort of has its own unique, like, challenge for each piece I do. Okay. But yeah. It, it Most of the time, that's generally what I'm doing, I think. Ah, very cool. Which now brings me to what I remembered, <laughs> or that I forgot, is yes. uh, in our, our Discord group, uh, we yes. have a special channel just for you as Professor Northgraves. <laughs> I yes. remembered it because you brought up Dorian Mode. And uh, I, I honestly still don't understand what Dorian Mode is. It's what Chase Noseworthy has every has in every song. A minor it's key? All like, <laughs> it's a minor key, but it's like if you have a natural minor. So if you're an A minor, <laughs> that's all the white keys. Um and then the sixth note degree is just raised instead of lowered, pretty much. So it gives this old medieval-y uh, kind of warm memory feeling, I guess, uh, history and you know stuff like that. I brought up Assassin's Creed, uh, uh, Jesper Kid. He uses a ton in that game uh, just because it's such a great mode and it's all over the place. But yes. <laughs> yeah, you're you're I, our, I like the theories. You're mu- yeah, you're our music theory uh, professor. Uh, for me, Chase, when we have questions about stuff, <laughs> I even picked up a music theory book because of both of you guys. But um, I'm glad. What for like people that are listening who might not understand what music theory is, like probably like listen to what you just said, and they're like, I just don't. That was a bunch uh, of yeah. What's a six? Yeah. Yeah. What's what's raised to a six? And they're like, okay, I can understand the white keys, and maybe they're like, oh, so that anytime I play a white key, it's a minor key or a minor. You know what I mean? If you play it right. If you play <laughs> exactly, all those different stuff. Like I remember the C major. The first time, uh, what was it? Listening to people talk about music theory. I think it was Aiden Chan and uh, yeah. uh, Hunter Rogerson, and they're talking about yeah. 
timbre and I was just like, what the f- what is timbre? And I Googled it and then I Googled T-A-M-B-E-R and then Google was yeah. like, do you mean T-I-M-B-R-E? And I'm like, well, I can't even spell timbre, right? <laughs> so I definitely don't know what it is, um, which is one of my favorite things to tell people about music theory because I'm like, I'm so bad at it, I can't even spell timbre right. Um, yeah. But what about music theory, I guess, is exciting to you that like that oh. like when we bring it up, like because it does feel like yeah. you light up when we ask you these music theory I stuff. I love theory. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was in school and university, mm-hmm. uh, I did a four-year bachelor's degree in general music. Um, and like I said, I started class and I was like, mm, not really that much of a performer because, you know, that's my sister's gig. Um, this theory thing's really cool, but I kind of suck at it. Um, <laughs> so when I was actually starting, I, I, I felt like I was below. They said my performance was up and my theory was down. Mm, well, was it's the 17 bands of, you were in. That's why you had the performance. That's probably <laughs> why. Yeah. So I kind of like did a 180 and I'm like, okay, I have to really get this theory up and catch up to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then, so I caught up and I just kept going pretty much. Ah. Um, yeah. So I kind of became... At the Professor Northgraves in school, too. Mm. I'd help people with their theory because it made sense to me at the time. Mm. Um, and after that, I'm like, theory's fun. Composition is fun. Um, I want to try writing my own music one day. And that's how pretty much I got to where I am now. Um, I love theory just because it's like learning how to talk about music even though you don't need to, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but it helps me with my mind that's more like analytical for that sort of thing. Mm. It gives me, like, when I'm trying to write a song, I have no idea what I'm doing. I can fall back on my theory and just be like, here's a chord progression I know. Uh, maybe I want to make it jazzy. I can throw on some seventh chords. So that'll make it more jazzy, right? Mm. So that's why I kind of love it, just because it's like a secret language that people know, but... Some of it is red. It's like thieves can't, right? Very cool way to bring it back to D and D, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's the theme of the podcast. How can you make it D and D? Very cool. Yes, yeah, I, I, I was. I'm very curious about like talking to you about that, and then probably talking about to others about like what is it that sparks that like music theory that like like you said like you can probably walk into a room with other musicians who know music theory probably any musician mm-hmm. and probably be able to talk about music but then specifically music theory on like like you said like i really liked how you said like dorian mode is like okay you're playing these keys but then you want it's it a to feeling f- a feeling yeah exactly and it's like i think it's very cool that you're like okay I'm, I'm i have these chords but then what can i do to make it sound jazzy so yeah very cool hearing um Sorry, Grabbing something here. This is my book. Mm-hmm. People, I, I assume people can't see me. Nope. <laughs> um, but I have a book here, and it's just like modes. And oh yeah, yeah, it is. That is thieves. Different can't. things. <laughs> it's thieves can't. It's like my big notebook of of notes when I was learning, right? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, theory is a way to find out how can I invoke an emotion using certain things. Then you can write it down and be like, I'll use this later. No one will know. Nice. Um, <laughs> right. Very so, cool. That's hardly why I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Yeah. I'm glad I remembered what it was because you said Dorian mode. And I'm like, they're like, no, his name is Dorian Storm. Uh, <laughs> yep. So what are you talking about, Dorian mode? 
<laughs> very cool. So great name. So yeah, that, that actually is a very very cool name. Um, so we've been talking about different things that we've you loved about or you love about the game of D and D and things like mm-hmm. you say like spark joy like music theory. Is there like doing the same like one, one side <laughs> flip side of the coin? Is there something about D and D that you just like kind of? Um, I guess, dislike? yeah, you just dislike about D and D scheduling, which is yeah. Well, let me say yeah, the go to is going to be scheduling, <laughs> finding a game, people yeah, canceling yeah. it. But is there any aspect of the game itself that you're just like, mm, this is one thing that as much as I've been playing, um, I just hmm. I just kind of don't dig. It's a good question. I've truly I haven't thought about it that much. So I'm just thinking about it now. Yeah, because most of the time we're focused on the stuff we like. People are entertained. Um, (laughs) What don't I like? It's a hard question because I love so much of it. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how can I be critical of it because I love it? Yeah. Um, I always like making my own stuff. Mm Mm-hmm like classes or whatever maybe like implementing that is sometimes tough and making sure it's balanced but that's like its own other thing yeah i i don't i'm not sure what to say um (laughs) i think the big one is just you know scheduling and actually playing right yeah yeah just like if there's any issues at the table or or something like that Mm -hmm. but i think the big one's like scheduling besides that it's always like a good time um if you have good people and you're playing D and D with, it's yeah, generally pretty good. Cool, cool, cool. Well, then my the, issue is that I don't get to play enough of you it. You don't get to play. Yeah, that's the biggest issue. Um, <laughs> on the flip side of music, like, is there something about music that you don't like? Like, as much as you love theory and everything else, is there something mm-hmm. about music that just you're just like, ah, I wish. Um, I think I overthink things in music. And I get in my head mm-hmm. and be like, oh, if I did this sort of music, I can't do that because X reason. And that's more of like a personal issue <laughs> than a music issue. But yeah, sometimes it can be intimidating. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very big world, the music world. Yeah. And yeah, it's it can be hard to get out there and just say, here I am. No, I feel that. Yeah. There is a million other people doing it just like you. And exactly. Yeah. The sometimes it's, it's sometimes the thing that makes me frustrated. It's when why is this person popular? When yes, they're doing the same thing as me, but I feel like it does feel like phoned in. Like mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the one that bothers me the most. When it honestly feels like this person really isn't putting in the effort that I feel like I'm putting in. Um, yeah, it can be. You know, someone once said, I can't remember who. Sometimes it's just getting ready for that spark of luck that some people get and just being ready and when it does hit you have everything ready to go Mm -hmm. and then everyone sees all your music and it explodes or whatever Mm -hmm. um i always try to tell myself like what can i improve on my music who cares what that other guy is doing i'm making the music for myself right Mm. so if i don't get a thousand million views what can i do what what do i want to get out of my music for myself and trying to do that is kind of like my guiding star in the middle of the night, right? Mm. It's just like, where do I want to get to? 
and what does it mean to get there and how do I want to do that? So like the orchestral stuff, I want to do more of that. And I want to do it because I want to get good at making that sort of music mm -hmm. so then I can share it with people, not so that I'll get 10 million views on, on YouTube for myself at least. However, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah. <it laughs> but, you know, when you put a lot nice. of work into something, you want people to enjoy it. Right, so, right. Let me ask you this. This I think this is like the taboo question of music <laughs> and musicians. Um, I'm ready. Do you listen to your own music? I do. <laughs> Does it do. feel like, like it's weird you know, that you listen to your own music? It is. I do it months after I've done it. Maybe like year. <laughs> I guess it's been a year now. But months after. Because I'm like, I'll make music mm. and... I don't listen to like a ton of like specific music. I have some artists I go to a lot, but like I I don't I don't think I listen to music as much as the average person does. Mm. I think sometimes that's why kind of why I like lo-fi. It's just so chill and you can throw it on in the background. Um, so I've been listening to people like Robo Hands and who's another one? There's another lo-fi guy like Chilled Cow's cool. Um, and just there's like a thousand playlists yeah. you can find that's yeah. just random stuff. That's kind of why I love it. Um, yeah, if I'm in the car, I just have the radio on to CBC Music, which is Canadian radio, and they just play all sorts of different types. And I'm like, this is all good. Sure. Um, I'm getting sidetracked. No, uh, that's fine. Original question was <laughs> something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do Do you feel like listening to your own music? Right. Is Thank taboo. you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm okay with it. I, I come back to some of my music and I'm like, you know, this isn't as bad as I remembered it to be when I made this. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like re reassuring for myself because like it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I think it's better than I give myself credit for because I'm very hard on myself mm -hmm. and get imposter syndrome all the time. Um, yeah, I do. And sometimes I don't hate it, which is good awesome that's i was interested in that yeah i I, yeah. I remember i think there's like a um donald glover like comedy bit or interview bit where they asked like he was listening to his own like rap music and mm -hmm. then it was like this whole thing where it's like it's taboo to like listening to your your own music but i feel like musicians always say you got to make the music for yourself the music that you want to listen to mm. but then at the yeah, same yeah. time it's taboo to listen to that music that you make I for actually... yourself <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when I first started my lo-fi, I'm like, wow, this Autumn Orange guy, I like listening to his music. I wish I could make music that I would want to listen to as well. So I think I did think that originally, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm definitely adding that question. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking it from you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Yeah, I wish I would have had an opportunity to say, ask that to Chase, but. Um, I, I bet you he doesn't. He listen to his own music? Yeah, I could, we also I, talked about, about how he gets like, the ear fatigue, I think all musicians get that. You even mentioned it earlier yeah. on, the whole, like, I started this excited, and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know. This what is, is this? Yeah, yeah. What, what am I doing? Yeah. I even said that. I'm like, I, I, I started a song, and then two hours later, I'm like, why did I just waste two hours of my life? I was excited. Why then was I? you come I back to it, like, two days later, and it's like magic. It's yeah. working now. Like, what? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I've always been curious about that, because sometimes I feel like, if somebody heard, like, watched you or saw you listening to your own music, they would mm -hmm. think you were a weirdo. But that is something yeah. we say as musicians. Like, you know, would the 10,000 views be cool? Yes, but you've got to make that song that you want to listen to. 
but then it's taboo to listen to your. I think for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think for me too. It's like it'd be different if I was singing more, and like if I was listening to my music that was like me and my soul in it, like as a as like an instrument. That might be a bit different than something like lo-fi, which you're taking elements from like a show or something, and then mm-hmm. just putting it and putting it chill. Um, I think usually when I listen to my music, it's like. Is this crap? I can't remember. I should listen to it real quick. <laughs> and then it just kind of plays. I'm like, oh, this is actually, you know, not yeah, bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too shabby. Very cool, very cool. Um, well, so so far we've talked about these different aspects of music and stuff. And um, kind of like my big wrap-up question that I have for you is kind of like, you've seen kind of like where you've, you've started um, when you first got into music, where mm-hmm. you're at now. And I guess like a D&D campaign where you start at like level one and then you get your subclass and you get these cool abilities and you become better. Um, where do you kind of see yourself headed as, you know, going up against the big BBEG, the happily ever yeah, after music at the end of industry. the campaign? <laughs> In, okay, yeah. So what's that like? What, what um, do you, how do you imagine uh, things going? I love this question. It's a great question. Um I want to, how do I put this? Where I want to go, I want to be able to create more music, obviously. I want my music to uh, spark inspiration and joy and creativity, if I can. Mm -hmm. If not, just something that's, you know, nice. Um, I'd love to get to the point where, I think my goal uh, has always been to be able to create many types of different music which can be seen with my second video I posted, which was a tango, a critical role tango, which is terrible. Um, that one I go, I'm like, this one's a bit cringe. Um, uh, I want to be able to create a bunch of stuff. And I'm trying to right now work and getting into maybe film score or game scoring for composition stuff. So I want to just be able to, I think it's like the middle school kid taking that song that's stuck in my head and throwing it down and making it some beautiful piece of art that I can share with people. I think that's the end goal. And getting to the point where I think it's like this terrific thing as I see in my head. Very, very cool. Um, I really dig the idea of like that middle school kid finally, like level one middle school kid working and grinding. Level one clarinet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'd say a level 20 uh, comp- composition and composing. Poster producer, yeah. Yeah, that's very, very Best cool. multi-class. It's OP. Multi, yeah. Very cool. I, I was thinking, like, what do I want to call this episode? I think I want to call it, like, yeah, level one clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> ben North Graves, level one clarinet. But, um, yeah. yeah, so thank you for being on the show uh, for the podcast. Yeah. Um, where can everybody find you on the internet? On the internet, uh, there's a few places. Uh, most easily is probably my personal website, which is bennorthgraves.com, and that links to my YouTube, which is Hana Music, uh, which I do all my D&D kind of critical role lo-fi stuff. Um, I have another web or YouTube, which is Benjamin W. Northgraves, um, but that's not as much. And then on Twitter, you can find me at Ben at Ben Northgraves. Very I think that's cool. the things. Yes. And then uh, we're actually going to just wrap up the episode with a, a piece from uh, from yourself. Yeah, so this is a 
one of the earlier pieces I did that really got me sparked into doing it. It's Percy uh, is the title of it. It's a lo-fi piece of when Percival from Critical Role first is confronted with the Briarwoods. And so it's kind of like this hardened lo-fi piece. And I think it's a lot of fun. Nice. Well, again, thank you for being on the podcast. Appreciate you being. I am so happy to be here. My second victim. (laughs) Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, so we're going to take it away. uh, Lo-fi Ben, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. And that's the wrap of the hypothetical talk. See you.